All right, hello everybody, and welcome to Honey Badger Radio. My name is Brian, and there's like a thing of dust drifting in front of my face. And I'm here with Allison, and this is maintaining frame number 25. Guilting boys, guilting boys is good, but shaming them Guilty. is better. And this is number twenty-six, not twenty-five. Number twenty-six. Okay, I, I, okay I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna say anything about that mistake. Um, <laughs> I was, I was but, gonna say guys, and then I was reading the thing, and it came out goys. So my, my yeah. bad. I didn't mean it. I'm not one of those. Please don't come after me, YouTube, ADL, and the SPLC. So. Okay. But we're just uh, well, talking I mean, no, about men, which it's yeah, totally it's fine to do this too. So, yeah, I mean, in fact, I think well, we should I'm get right, a medal yeah. for reading this out. Yeah, well, I mean, the SPLC might go after us anyway because they have gone after men's issues advocates mm -hmm. and men's rights activists. I just, you mean I don't male think. Male supremacists? Yes, white, <laughs> white, you see, white male supremacists like ourselves, of course. Yes, of course. Um, and, and, but I don't think they have come after us at all. Um, for whatever reason, maybe because if they give us more attention, people will look and say, well, wait a second. These two people don't look like <laughs> <laughs> the, the rumors of, of your white male supremacy seem to be a bit off base. Anyway, so in I a, do want to remind you the world that would be the case. But Clarence Thomas yeah, yeah, isn't no. treated like a black man anymore. So. Um, yeah, well, black men are the white men of black people. So there you right. go. Um, all right. So I just want to remind everyone that we are doing our monthly fundraiser. I will do shout outs to anybody who puts a few shekels in the hat during the stream. And if nobody does, I will twist arms in, in the way that I can. Um, you know, it, it is sort of an anxious time for me, the end of the month, making sure that we, we meet our goal so that we can continue to bring you this content, which is very unique in my opinion. I haven't seen it anywhere else. And this type of content, like just sheer pushback against the, this kind of shaming and guilting of men. Um, and uh, so once again, go to feedthebadger.com slash project slash badger-media-blitz. And uh, there are plenty of options to support. Very appreciated if you do. Uh, and if you want to send us a message, you can do so at feedthebadger.com slash just the tip, which should be in the low bar, I think. Is in the low bar? Uh, yeah, should be in the low bar. Let me just double check. And, and also a link to our monthly fundraisers, hopefully in the low bar too. All right. Let's yep. dive into this lovely. All right. So we're going to be looking <sighs> at an article from a website called Thrive Global, right? Mm. Um, yep. And, well, it's, it's, a, it's sort of an opinion piece, I guess. Um, uh, and, yeah. And, I don't know what Thrive is, but it says here well-being, wisdom, so it sounds like some kind of w wellness thing. Well-being and, and wisdom, huh? But, you know, yeah. guilt for men and well, shame. Well, of course, of course. So uh, the title is Guilt is Good, But Responsibility is Better. And uh, the, the subheading is really just the beginning of the article, so I'm just going to skip. So we're going to get to what this is. Uh, this is written by Marwan Jamal, New York-based wellness writer. So mm. a wellness writer. All right. Mm -hmm. um, here, I guess here we go. It happens every semester. Not, all, not long after midterm week, a young man comes to sit in my office. He comes to talk with me about the work he's doing in my Intro to Women's Studies course 
or perhaps in my men and masculinities class, mm-hmm. we usually we usually start by talking about the reading or about his term paper assignment. Okay, it, almost okay. inevitably, things soon get personal. He shares his feelings about what he's hearing in my lecture and from his classmates during discussions. He's been hearing about male privilege and the objectification and dehumanization of women in the past and in the present. And he's starting to feel guilty. Well, mm-hmm. I, I, do, you, do you want to say anything to that or should I keep going? Um, you know, oh, no, no, just keep going. All right, I'll keep going. I'm going to stop you after the next sentence, though. All right. Almost inevitably, and I already read that part. Like virtually all those who teach gender studies, I go to great lengths to distinguish between the great crime of patriarchy, note great crime is capitalized, and the complicity of individual men. Okay. All right, you incomprehensible buffoon. If you make this great effort to distinguish between the crime of patriarchy, which incidentally, where was the trial? Uh, where were men allowed to put in evidence? You know, when, when were men and women cross-examined on, on this? When was this great crime decided? That the answer is never. And in fact, the whole concept of feminist patriarchy has no scientific legitimacy whatsoever. It's just a conjecture. And then looking back in the past and cherry picking. So But here's the other thing, the great crime of patriarchy, and you try to distinguish between that and the complicity of individual men. In what way do you distinguish between them? Do you say to this boy or this young man who is feeling guilty, who's under your tutelage and looks up to you as a mentor for his identity, do you say to him, no, you shouldn't feel guilty? Or do you say to him, no, you are actually responsible, so you you should feel guilt. You should feel blame. How does... I'm just, I'm just curious because uh, I'm going to watch as we go through this article. I'm going to watch and see if he actually really does distinguish between the great crime of patriarchy and the complicity of individual men. And again, this whole thing, this whole thing has no legitimacy, no scientific le- legitimacy whatsoever. It's never actually been proven. In fact, multiple times, some of the tenets of patriarchy theory or pe- patriarchy conjecture have been proven wrong. It has no no predictive value whenever feminists do a study on uh, human behavior based on their conjecture of, of patriarchy. So what you do is you have a supposed uh, conjecture or a hypothesis. You make a prediction about an observation, what you're going to observe, and then you do your study, and if your observation, or if your observation of what, of the consequences of that study are in line with your prediction, then you start to have legitimacy to your model. Every time feminists have done this, they, their predictions based on patriarchy conjecture have had, didn't have not borne out at all. This is this like on every single metric, patriarchy conjecture is unscientific, and yet they continue to inflict it on young men and women for that matter. <sighs> okay, yep. but I want to. I'm, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hold him to that. That there's some a mystical way that he distinguishes between um, patriarchy and the grand crime of patriarchy and the individual complicity of men. 
Anyway, yeah. let's let's keep going. One would Little think answer. that's all right. One would think that if you were uh, if you were running a couple of classes and every quarter or every um, semester some man comes in and says, I don't like how you're framing reality. Uh, you would not ever, you would, you would think that a decent person, because I don't think these people are decent, would stop and say, man, you know, it is kind of fucked I'm up what I'm people. presuming about men and I'm hurting people. Exactly. And, and it's, it's consistent. It's like, I've been doing this for 30 years and every year, every semester of every year, there is a man or someone, it's probably just um, mostly men, but not exclusively, that come into my office and say, yeah, you know, I don't like this stuff. It seems anti-science. It seems like it, it's created to make me feel guilt. And, um, you know, I'm, no, he I'm might not- He might not even be pushing back. He might just be saying, I'm feeling guilty, you know? Yeah, and- maybe. Yeah, maybe. But like, it, 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 it's, it doesn't, I guess like, you know, this guy is so like committed to these ideas no matter how many men come in feeling guilty confused hurt whatever for however long he's been doing this it doesn't affect his view on it at all no it and it, well i mean it's just right in line with traditional notions i mm-hmm. mean we are the same society that sent young men into a wood chipper in 2000 uh, or sorry uh 1914 you know, just like, yeah, just threw them into what basically amounted to a human abattoir uh, or a human butcher shop. Um, you know, and it's like, I would, I dare this man to start his men and masculinities classes with war and then talk about how society dehumanizes and objectifies women. Because there is no greater dehumanization or objectification than conscription and the draft and the expectation that men sacrifice everything in war for the preservation of society. And then to turn around and say that those men are the ones who are privileged by the very society that expects them to sacrifice everything for it. No, no. But, but the thing is that this is just another manifestation of that urge, that instinct, that blindness that we have towards men's comfort, towards men's well-being, towards the expectation of any kind of uh, well, respect for their bodily autonomy. Like I'm like, this is just another manifestation of that. Is this is the same attitude? It's the same attitude that a general on a on a battlefield says, "We have reserves," and those reserves are living boys. And this guy's attitude, you know, your guilt. Eh, it, I I wouldn't spare it. You know, y- you can learn from it. I, uh, as a psychologist, I have to know the connection between feeling a burden on the people around you, on society and suicide. But let me add to that burden, my dear. Let, let me make you more likely to kill yourself as a young man, because I am just another frickin' general on a field saying we have reserves. This guy, this wellness, and what is he? Uh, health uh, wellness writer. Uh, this guy. Um, yes, wellness writer. Wellness writer. Yes, this guy does not care about the harm he does men and boys. He doesn't. 
If he did, he would take the least amount of time to question what he's saying based on the fact that young men are coming to him and saying, this hurts. And Mm -hmm. I can't emphasize the seriousness of this enough. Guilt and feeling like a burden leads to people killing themselves. Because when you feel like you're a burden, what is the obvious solution? You are the problem. What is the obvious solution? This man is telling young men, you are the problem. You are the problem. And he is marching them off to kill themselves. And he dares to call himself a wellness anything? Yep. All right. But, you know, maybe maybe he's going to make that distinction between the dread crime of patriarchy never actually tried. Men have never been tried for it. They've never had the opportunity their day in court for the dread crime of patriarchy. Maybe he really is going to distinguish between that and I guess the individual man's uh, complicity. Okay. Mm-hmm. I will, I will quiet down. I'll, I'll, I'll simmer. All right. All right. But as guys come to grips with the ways in which those who share our biology have mistreated and abused women, it's not surprising that some of them are left reeling. The more obtuse ones are snarlingly defensive, and the more sensitive ones are often strikingly overwhelmed by guilt. This, I think this guy takes pleasure in that, too. Oh, he yeah. Seems to, he takes pleasure in making these men upset. And if they react with anger, he basically dismisses it as toxic masculinity. And if they react with guilt, he has an opportunity to essentially gaslight them more so that they can become good servants of his ideology well they're soldiers in his uh in his mm-hmm. war against patriarchy he doesn't care if they kill themselves oh, yeah he, you know that doesn't matter yeah <laughs> you um, know they're 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 actually the suicide bombers because they're taking themselves out right mm-hmm. this is oh and yes i there's a complete lack of any concern for the well-being of the of the young men in his charge like absolutely none Yep. And the fact that, okay, the more obtuse ones are snarlingly defensive. Obtuse. So you're yeah, already insulting obtuse. your students. Yeah, because if they're mad, then it must be because they don't get it. They're not, it's not, they're not, as, they're not as smart as I am. I write about this stuff. I'm a teacher, right? If you don't understand what I'm saying, it's, it can't be because I'm wrong. It's got to be because you're dumb. So men are either dumb or they're useful. Uh, the more sensitive ones are often strikingly overwhelmed by guilt. Yes, I have. I How have is it striking? Throughout the it's years, what you want. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You're right. It is what you want. And over the years, I've had to talk to sensitive men, strikingly overwhelmed by guilt you put into them, and they tell me that the only thing that stopped them from killing themselves was learning to push back against people like you and your absolute venomous bullshit. Okay, I'm getting really pissed. I knew I was going to get pissed. I knew when I read this. Yeah, getting fired up. All right, in nearly 20 years of college teaching, I've heard male guilt come up many different ways. Sometimes it's in the form of a question. Should I feel guilty because I'm a man? Or slightly more provocatively, why should I be made to feel guilty because I'm a guy? Sometimes the student wants guidance as much as clarity. 
What can I do about this guilt that I'm feeling? And sometimes it's not a question at all, just a declaration. I'm angry because I feel like I'm supposed to feel guilty about being male. Yeah, that's... Yes, like, that's I, exactly what... <laughs> could you maybe just listen to what they're saying instead of like, wow, these are strange reactions to to my obviously bigoted perspective that I'm forcing on everyone. Why are they reacting this way? You know, why are these young men feeling guilt in my classroom? I mean, I'm telling them to, and I think the guilt is good. I have it in my headline. I mean, <laughs> the only thing that's missing is a guy saying, fuck you. I'm leaving this class. And, and that's what he needs to hear a lot. Yes. In mass. No, well, that's what they are hearing in mass. Yeah. I mean, if oh, I'm looking right. at like a Forbes article, new report, the college enrollment decline worsened this spring. I wonder why. I wonder mm -hmm. why. Because students have to run a minefield of people like this, bloodsuckers that are going to latch on to them and destroy their mental health in, in the guise of self-righteousness. The decline in enrollment, college enrollment, is worsening, according to just-released report by the National Student Clearinghouse Research Center. Total post-secondary enrollment, including both undergraduate and graduate students, decreased by 4.1%, equal to about 685,000 students in spring 2022, compared to 2021. Good. Good. I want to there should be no one. Yep. There should be no one going to post-secondary. Absolutely. This it is, should it should go is, to zero. It should go to zero except maybe for engineering, architecture and other STEM studies. Like it should be zero. Actually, and I say that you with can, the greatest you can irony. Learn, you can learn STEM online now, so we don't even need them for that. You can just take yeah. online courses the great, for STEM. The so, great I say this with the greatest irony as a fine art student. Yeah. Okay. Added oh, no. To the three, I get it. I was a fine art student too. <laughs> added big. to the three point. Go ahead. Honestly, I, I think that a fine art degree was actually worth more than a many humanities degree because at least you have to learn to draw. Mm -hmm. Added to the 3.5 drop that was seen in spring 2021. And you know, if you draw for furries, you could make a surprising amount of money. Uh, the overall two-year decline, in, I, and I don't actually do that, but I'm just saying it's it's shocking. Yeah, I know. It's like the furries <laughs> are the ones in STEM, and they pay yeah, the it's, artists. It's actually its a, own ecosystem. Suspiciously wealthy furries are a thing. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> Added to the 3.5 drop that was seen in spring 2021, the overall two-year decline in college enrollment has reached 7.4% or nearly 1.3 million students since spring 2020. The deepening slide dashed hopes that the worst pandemic-era erosion of enrollment was over and instead raised concerns that other factors, such as growing skepticism over the value of college, may be keeping students away. So let me get you this straight. You expect young men to pay for the privilege of being told crap about themselves that harms their mental health that induces a, a burden of guilt that itself is, you know, part of the slippery slope to suicide. Yeah, this is the greatest irony of all. These young men in his course have paid for the privilege to be lectured to by this creature, this individual, this person of a certain moral character. They've paid for this. Yep. And, and, and every, and everybody in these, 
institutions are like throwing our hands up. What's going on? Why are we losing our client base? Oh, I wonder. Yeah. All I'm, right. I'm really glad though, too, because any young man, especially if you're a young man, uh, that doesn't go to college, avoids all of this bullshit, won't have as much debt if he like goes to a trade mm -hmm. school or learns online, and he'll probably have a much better and more fulfilling life. So the, for that alone, it's worth it. <laughs> so, mm. um, all right. Yeah, so, it's, it's, yeah this is. Uh, the Should I continue? Yes, just so, continue. Just continue. All right. So this guy's been teaching nearly 20 years. That's worth pointing out. This is how many men he has gaslit and abused with his rhetoric. At this point, I often tell my students about John Bradshaw's famous distinction between guilt and shame. Though there are a great many different ways to distinguish these two feelings, Bradshaw is perhaps the most useful. He writes, quote, guilt says I've made a mistake. Shame says I am a mistake. Guilt says what I did was not good. Shame says I am no good. Okay. There's Okay, go ahead. There's an interesting distinction. Yes. That is the distinction. Now, do you make it? Mm -hmm. Because you are essentially telling these young men who may have done nothing, even according to your kangaroo court's term for nothing, like they've done nothing, and are you telling them, "Well, you don't need to be feel guilty for things you've done?" You don't need to be, feel guilty for an, an, an immutable characteristic that you have, which is, you know, possessing a penis. Do you tell them that? Because I'm guessing you don't. And we're going to find that out. Oh, for All sure. Right. Okay. Uh, again, I don't think that, that anyone in the education field should be teaching people to feel guilt. Or shame. Yeah. I think that that is like insane. It's yeah, it's absolutely abusive and insane. And these are the same people that would say that this is what pastors do, and and priests and ministers, while they're fucking doing it. So yeah. Um, well, here's the other thing. One last thing I wanted to say. Hmm. So he acknowledges that guilt says I made a mistake and shame is I am a mistake. So guilt is about your actions. Shame is about an immutable characteristic that you about can't what you change. are. Yeah. Yeah. Which is he appealing to here when he talks about patriarchy and male privilege and toxic masculinity? I think it's fairly obvious, but you know, maybe he'll do a 180. Maybe this will be the one time that we're wrong. Yeah. All right. All next right. paragraph. There's good, there's little good we can say about shame. It's soul corroding because the person suffering from shame comes to believe in his innate worthlessness. Guilt, on the other hand, is both necessary and useful. When we hurt someone else, we ought to feel as if we've done something wrong. Good emotional health means being able to acknowledge having done something one shouldn't have done without believing that one is, at the core, a bad person. Guilt is about actions or the failure to act. Shame is about identity. So he's explaining this to us like we're children. But essentially, um, th this is this sounds like feminist. Code. Oh, that I think yeah. that, that 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 it's basically someone saying, "Oh no 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 no, we're not saying that you're bad because you were born a man. 
we're gonna make this about guilt. We're gonna make this about actions, or in oh, your case, worse. lack thereof. So this is just, once again, the main thing that people who write about feminism in a manner that they support feminism, just like most of these other sort of parallel ideologies, is that they write in a way to try and get us on like some, you know, word that they have uh, twisted or some meaning that they have distorted and they use language to basically get you to concede that they're right. And and it's all about covering for their cult. Mm. That's all it's about. It's not, it's not about what's good. It's not about what's right. It's not about what's, you know, fair. It's just about covering, I'm just covering my ass. It's like, all of the articles you see about Amber Heard that are floating around, essentially talking about how unfairly she's being treated and how she's being abused and how she lost in the court of a public opinion. All of that is just about covering their ass because they can't, they can't lose the ground that they've mm -hmm. had. Right? They can't admit that they're wrong. There's too much pride. There's too much investment. There's too much money, mm -hmm. power, um, and they can't, they can't do it. And so like, to me, that's all this is. This is someone saying, well, tech, like as if you tell them, well, look, you know, you're making men feel like shit and now they're going out and suiciding and like becoming, you know, porn addicted and they're whatever, right? They're just checking out of society. They mm. feel awful for being born the way they were. Well, what else are they and, supposed to do? They're, and they're and told you're told society, participation in society is toxic. Yeah, and and you're and you're the person who did this to them, and so they're like, no, I didn't. I just I just told them that that they should. It's not about shaming them as people. It's about guilting them for things that they didn't do. Oh right? no, and, Ryan, it gets actually worse. I'm yeah, telling okay. you. Well, we'll, we'll save we'll it because this because we're about it. to enter the we're about to enter the gaslighting zone. Yeah, of course. Let's do it. All right. <clears throat> There's little good. Oh, did I reread that one? Uh, yeah, when when, it, when they come, come yeah, when they come to talk about feeling guilt or less often being made to feel guilty, my students are really talking about shame. Male shame is real. It's toxic, but it's not caused by taking a gender studies class or reading a feminist website. Oh, I see. It's not <gasps> caused by overbearing mothers or demanding girlfriends. Of course not. They're women. They can't possibly hurt men's feelings. For most of these students and for so many other guys, the shame is rooted in the absence of loving male role models. Who did that? Oh God, like seriously. Okay, Why so... don't they have loving male role models, asshole? It's not you. <laughs> He's starting to feel guilty. Okay, so a student takes his course starts to feel guilty because he's being lectured to by a man who believes that he's guilty and thinks guilt is good in men, right? Actually, he means shame because I don't think he distinguishes between the individual actions of these men and boys that he's teaching and their identity. Like, it's not their actions that's at fault. It's not their actions that are wrong here. It's their identity as men. That's, that's what's causing them to share in this dark evil called patriarchy because their actions are irrelevant we're not even talking nowhere has he talked about the individual actions of these students it's all that these men are men therefore they share in the guilt of patriarchy which is mm -hmm. which is an inherent quality that they can't change they can't change the fact that they have penises unless they chop them off you know you know and and he's saying this this young man comes to his course develops this sense of shame 
because he's being told by this man who's supposed to be an authority figure that he sh- he is part a complicit in a system of oppressing women by virtue of having a penis. And then he comes to him and this guy tells him, oh no, it's not what I'm saying that's making you feel ashamed. It's the absence of a loving male role model in your life that's making you feel ashamed. Like, is this guy a narcissist? Because literally he is behaving like a narcissist abuser. He is causing the harm and then saying, oh, no, I'm not causing the harm. Yeah. You are to blame for the harm because you don't recognize me as a loving male mentor. <laughs> oh. Oh. I punch you because I love you. <laughs> yes, please, young man. Stay away from university. Stay away from college until college purges itself of people like this, like actively harmful individuals. Like, yeah, this this, this guy is, is a this scumbag. Is... Absolute <laughs> scumbag. Like feminists are the reason why men are growing up without loving male role models, also known as fucking fathers. And um, then they come out broken, and then they go to school, and then this guy blames them for their own situation, which was created by his people. Well, here's the other thing. Uh, all right, so I'm going back to this. Okay, shame is rooted in the absence of role fathers. Okay, and it's not it's not caused by feminism or, or in internalizing this feminist stuff that he's teaching. It's like mm-hmm. I can't possibly be to blame. You are to blame. Yeah. It's a, okay. And this, I am your only like- road to salvation. Um, <laughs> in a world where uh, this is so typical. Yeah. It, in a world where the discussion like of into a tar pit, really. Yeah. It's the, in a world where the discussion of emotion is gendered only by your ass. Only by feminists, they're the only ones that do this. You start out by by shaming these young men for feeling ashamed. Yeah, right. These are the only people, these are the only people who do this, where they say, oh, men aren't supposed to cry. No, you're saying that. That's not true in reality. Like, like you're literally trying to craft a reality, and then you fight against it. But you made it. Like, Like, this is your delusion. Grown men aren't supposed to cry or talk about feelings other than rage or lust. This is your, this is what you're telling us what you think men are. Literally. Like, literally, That's feminist research found that men who embrace more traditional masculinity do feel more able to express their emotions with their friends and cry in front of other men. It's feminist men or men who are not traditionally masculine who have the problem with expressing their emotions. I wonder why, when they're told that they're a burden, do you really think somebody who's constantly being told who's a burden feels safe expressing their emotions? No. You are shaming the crap out of these young men. And they aren't expressing their emotions to you. They did express their emotion to you. And what what does this kid say? You know, what you're talking about is actually making me feel really guilty, or actually really what he should be saying is ashamed. I'm pretty sure that the, a lot of the men aren't, or the young men aren't saying guilty. That's what this guy is reporting because it's convenient to him. They're probably saying, this is making me feel ashamed. 
And what does this guy say? Oh, it's not what I'm saying that's making you feel ashamed. It's just a coincidence that your feelings of shame have come out as a result of my verbal teaching of you. You know, that, that's just a coincidence. What's really making you feel ashamed is that you can't articulate your feelings. Mm-hmm. Well, he just did. Well, and it's not really even whether or not you can articulate it. It's more you don't articulate it in the way that I think you should. Because, well, and, and people, yeah. young men don't articulate their feelings because they're not going to get a reception of care or validation for their feelings from yeah. a psychologist, presumably. Yeah. Like, yeah. why would you? Why, am I gonna? Am I gonna talk to somebody? Am I gonna be like, oh yeah, I felt really bad? If the person is gonna invalidate my feelings and say something like, well, your feelings are actually part of a continuum of oppression of blah blah blah. Like, well, why would I talk to you about them? Mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway. Mm-hmm. All right. <clears throat> So in a world where the discussion of emotion is gendered, boys grow up with little sense of what goes on inside other men. Reminded by pop culture. Oh, God. Okay, wait, wait, wait. So what you're saying is that what goes on inside other men isn't the evils of patriarchy and the desire to express rage and lust? Because you are the one who is saying that the overwhelming gestalt of male behavior is abhorrent. So one would assume that that gestalt of male behavior is being inside inspired by a gestalt of male emotions, namely rage and lust. Like literally he says, men are defined by behaviors inspired by rage and lust towards women. (laughs) And then he turns around and says, well, it's society that says that men are entirely motivated by rage and lust. And that's all they feel. It's, oh it's the existence God. of, like, movies about high school boys trying to get laid. Like, it's, oh, I had to stop in the middle when I got to pop culture because it, it's, it's so childish to try mm. and boil down all of, like, society to fucking movies and TV mm. shows and video games. It's so incredibly oh does he mention pop culture well he says reminded by pop culture that men are simple women are complicated and and you know like like these people dude they live as children like this is something that i'm getting so sick of they they reference harry potter they reference fucking star wars and star trek and they don't say anything of substance and then they pretend like what they said is so profound it's incredibly yeah, frustrating because they're children. Like, this is what a child does. And if you explain to the child, well, actually, you're talking about a cartoon. Optimus Prime isn't real. A child will say, yes, you're right. He's not. I'm, I'm, I apologize. I, I retract my previous statement. <laughs> you know? No, but, but these he's people, real like, because he's, yeah, he's oh real because God. he has a pressure on the mind, you know? Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. It's, it's so true. And I can, I can add to that. Um, like, for example, they call out, I, I, I recently read an article on how, um, you know, there's, there's a nuanced masculinity that isn't, isn't, it isn't reflected in these big superhero dramas. And I'm like, no shit, big superhero dramas are an escape. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Most men are aware. They're very much aware that their lives are putting one foot in front of the other and putting out small fires throughout the day. It's a constant grind that requires patience and dedication and discipline rather than spectacular <laughs> superpowers. Like men know that. Yeah. But having a superpower is an escape from the reality of what, and it also is a little parable about being more and being and standing up to things. So a man can take that and say, you know, uh, helping my neighbor out when he has a flat tire is a little bit like uh, a superhero story. Even even yeah. though I have to sacrifice something, I, I don't know, I have to sacrifice, I get late to work, I get yelled at by my boss, I still helped him out uh, while sacrificing something of myself. And I can see that in uh, a more, uh, a bigger story of heroism, okay? They don't seem to get that. They think that people are so, like, flat. And it's this is yeah. And that's the other what thing I'm saying, that, like, really, it's like these these people are supposed to know people, but they seem to be the most antisocial they don't. people. Like they don't. They yeah, they don't. don't understand humans. Okay, you know, like antisocial. <laughs> okay, Brian, but you know there can be people who are antisocial but very introspective and understand layers. You know, like an mm -hmm. onion. This guy doesn't understand layers like uh, uh, sorry maybe not no actually this guy because everything that he's saying is a projection of the things that he's doing like he's literally saying patriarchy he, he literally is like slapping a kid whack and says patriarchy made you cry like, yeah that's this guy this guy is a massive bully and mm -hmm. this is what's employed on college campuses to teach young men and then college campuses are like duh why is our bottom line disappearing? Because you do this. And young yeah. men are cluing in. I bet there were a lot of young men who went on the internet and said, hey, oh, wait, maybe, maybe being tortured, emotionally tortured by bullies is wrong, even if I am a man with a penis. You know, mm -hmm. like maybe my penis doesn't mean hit me. You know, hit me. Make me feel like shit. Shame me. Make me to blame for everything. Maybe that is actually wrong. Maybe that's wrong to be done to me. <sighs> you know, and and then they were like, you know what? I don't mind pay for this. I'm not going to sign up and paid to be bullied by a man who slaps me in the face and then says patriarchy makes me bleed. Because that's what this guy is doing. Hmm. So uh, I got a super chat and I have some super chows from yesterday and some from today. So should okay. I just like go through those really quick? I'm in or... super. I, I I'm in like super super duper excited. Sorry guys, like I know I've been squirrely. That's all uh, right. <laughs> I'm gonna calm. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna take this time to try to calm down. We also have some thank yous to give as well. All right, so first I'll start with the super chat. Uh, Amasang gives us two bucks and says, this guy is unfucking believable no, um, no. I assume that's a reference to something, but... Um, yeah, and you know, we're, we're, the, we're the horrible misogynist, you know? Like, yeah. we're the one, we're calling this out. This behavior is unconscionable, and it certainly is unconscionable. You're justifying it with a conjecture that has never been proven to have any scientific legitimacy. None whatsoever, mm -hmm. and you are justifying bullying boys with this. It is sick. Yep. All right, continue. All right. Uh, the overturned print master gives us five bucks and says, these are from yesterday, so they're probably related to the new show. 
I had three people, two women and one man here in Germany, asking me on my opinion on America banning abortions, which we didn't, but I tried to tell them that it's not a ban on abortions, but a shifting from federal jurisdiction to state jurisdiction. The answer I got every time was, why don't they leave it like it is? The woman, the women are traveling to other states to get abortions anyway. I am not kidding. Yeah, no one's actually done that yet. I am so tired of people just accepting the status quo because we cannot change anything anyway. Why do we even have national laws? We can just travel to other countries to break the law. Uh, well, thank you for that, Pritmaster. I don't really have... I mean, I think I said mostly what I want to say. When it comes to women, they basically, when they start complaining, we just have to burn the Constitution. Because fuck it. So... Uh, the Great Indoors gives us $10 and says, A Dutch theologian proposed on public radio that men who want to remain childless should be sterilized because of a legal decision on the other side of the world. Um, it's just you know, I, here's a thought. Well, why, you know, if, if you're going to make a proposal, like, to... Why don't you just take away men's ability to separate consent to parenthood to consent from sex? Oh, well, yeah, that's right. They don't have it. Yeah, <laughs> you can't well, obviously take it they don't. So yeah. that yet instead you have to propose irreversible surgeries or other stuff on men in order to try to create some kind of uh, turnabout is fair play uh, thought experiment, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, you know, again, whatever. Uh, thank you for that. The great indoors. Miss Anne of Arc gives us five dollars and says hugs to the badgers. The herd prit master or the herd prit. Gives us $5 and says, Amber Heard will forever be known as Amber Turd. And I know this as a stupid pun, but it's funny. She can get all her OnlyFans money to pay debt and never feel any financial pain. But as long as that sticks with her, I'm kind of satisfied. Um, and the shaved Prip Master gives us $10 and says, When Britney sh shaved her head, then the world did make fun of her. But even South Park showed sympathy for her. Everyone knew that this was a cry for help. I don't even have to make a male example to show the double standard. Well, yeah, I mean, again, there, there, the, the, the article, we were doing the after show, and it was an article written by Kotaku about how Amber Heard is basically like proof that, you know, we weren't listening to women during Gamergate. And it's just stupid. And she brought up the Britney Spears thing as a way to like, I think, uh, make people not look too closely at the herd situation by comparing those two, but they're not the same. People were sympathetic to Britney Spears. So, I mean, I thought she was being crazy, but you know, that doesn't mean that there wasn't sympathy there. Okay. And so I, I do have something to say because somebody attempted to for chow and it did not go through. So if you are by the name of, uh, just give me a second, website's being slow, uh, Byron, I'm not going to say anything more, um, might be just a, a username or just like a, you know, like Lord Byron. Um, you attempted to put $25 through, did not go through. So if you want to try yeah. that again. Um, also, I want to thank, I know we got some more super chows, but I want to give these thanks. <sighs> Sorry, guys, my website is really close. Uh, David USB O Violator, which I assume is not your real name. I hope I haven't. I hope I haven't doxed you, USB Violator, uh, who gives us twenty five dollars. So thank you, USB Violator, and then another two hundred and fifty 
from Dragon Noodle. So thank you, Dragon Noodle. And uh, if you would like to join our very generous, go to feedthebadger.com project slash badger dash media dash blip. All right. So we can continue to push back against bullies like this. Uh, all right. So there is. I, I really hope. I really hope that his students actually come across this or come there across is... some of our work because you yeah. should not have to tolerate this kind of bullying in in a in a, a setting. You shouldn't have to tolerate this kind of bullying from somebody in authority over you. That's what really gets me. We have so little care for the mental health and well-being of our young men that we'll put these bullies in charge of them that say this stuff that has no... Seriously, this should... Everything that this man she's saying should be subject to scrutiny and and rigorous scrutiny before he's allowed to cause these young men irreparable harm with his bullying. (sighs) Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so it, so, it's all it's all part of that just lack of concern. It's all part of that mentality that just sent young men off to die in puddles of their own freaking vomit and diarrhea. You know that that same goddamn mentality allows stuff like this to happen. And well, it's I'm, sickening. I, mean, I think it's worse because at least when we sent men to war, we had like I don't know, like a goal, <laughs> and that wasn't simply killing them. So. Um, all right, well, so, yeah, but still, like it, war is still a failure of politics, and, it, yeah, and sure. war is the result of the human will to to resolve things by by sacrificing young men. Okay, I I really don't like war. I'll just give uh, you that. No, no, I I know nobody nobody likes war, <laughs> but but like <laughs> it's it's kind of like what we all we all have to live in this world where war is a very real you know thing that happens so like there's no, there's no there's no there's no avoiding that but at least you know we do our best i think overall we do our best some people don't because they know that they're not going to lose anything you know but uh i i don't think that we can not li- we there is no such thing as a world without war is what i'm saying not on earth anyway yeah. um no i i got you i i yeah. understand but at the same time as it should definitely be a last resort and it i agree feels- it should but that, that that's why i'm saying this is worse because this is not like we're, when you're when you're at war and it's a last resort most of the time and i'm not saying that you know the people who start wars who are usually politicians or whatever are net they necessarily have anyone's you know best intentions but i think that in general everyone wants to avoid it because it's not fun right it's it kills a lot of people it does a lot of damage um for the most part but when it happens it's the result of you know like everyone trying everything they can to like you know prevent it but these people yeah. are freely destroying men in colleges that men pay for and willingly go to so because yeah, they're there it's not like there's like a bunch of resistance and then at the very end when you're when all other options are exhausted you have to go to a fucking gender studies course like literally people learn this stuff in kindergarten yeah there's and not it's not it, there's not sufficient it's not seen for Whereas war is seen. Yeah, we see war as a tragedy, right? We see it as a tragedy in general, most people. Um, But like, 
and it's it really does suck when oh. it comes down to that. But but that's not what this is. This is like a willingness to send your boys to a school that's going to tell them that they should kill themselves. So there's you know, a big I, there's a big reveal at the end of this, by the way. Yeah. Brian. Oh, uh, I gotta finish. There is a reveal. I I got something too. But let me finish these super chows and then we'll continue. So agree to Charles. One we yeah. know. This is today. So this is for today's show. Agree to Charles gave us five bucks and says, I wonder to what extent these teachings meet the cult criteria of socially separating the members from non-members. Oh fuck yeah, it does. And from their own yeah. families. Like you know, it's it, it's it's this is the reason why so many girls go to college and then they learn about feminism and they like cut off their parents and they shave their heads or whatever and they get a bunch of tattoos and they rebel and they put nose rings in or whatever. That's why that happens because they convince them that the people they grew up with, the people who raised them are actually their enemies. So, um, Egregious Charles then gives us $10 and says, holy crap guys, this is a reprint. So this article, you're talking about this article that we're reading, is mm -hmm. actually a reprint of a 2011 article written by Hugo Schweizer, who had an oh. online breakdown and admitted that he slept with his feminist students. So the women, I assume. Uh, and yep, there it is. It's from the Good Men Project, which I know mm -hmm. we can count on. Those guys are real. They what? really care about men at the Good Men Project. Um, is it still going? Because I remember, oh man, so this oh, this definitely brings me back. Uh, yeah, the Good Men Project still exists. I don't think they've gone anywhere. They're basically I remember a when I used it's to, a feminist website. They probably got fucking bottomless they, funding. They actually, published, they actually published one of my articles uh, on the Good Men Project. It was the yeah. one uh, manufacturing victims, female victims, marginalizing male victims. It was all about uh, Mary Koss's manipulation of the statistics at the Center of Disease Control. Well, I don't uh, know what happened to them, but... Yeah, well, what happened is their founder disappeared. A pretense of caring about men went with him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, yep. yeah. Yep. Instead, they have articles like, look at this final round of SDCC exclusive Funko Pops. Because that's what suicidal men need to know, is that they can get Ninja Turtle P Funko Pops. Um, yeah, that's not going to yeah, make things you know, worse. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know Jesus. if that's a resource. Um, okay, so then we got... So, yeah, this wasn't written by the guy who wrote this, but apparently he had it reprinted because he is a devout, uh, you know, fo follower of Hugo Schweizer. Um, Byron gives us $50 and says, You shamed me into donating. Shame me harder. So thank you for that. Um, and yeah, that's all the super chows. I should probably make a note of it too. See if there's anyone else that I got to thank. Uh, once right. again, guys, if you want to help us out it is feedthebadger.com slash project slash badger dash media dash blitz. Um, there should be a link in the low bar and, uh, just, or you can put that into your, into your account. I did notice that we seem to have gotten somebody new, uh, Iran. Iran seven. So thank you for your new new support. Really appreciate that. I think Byron might be new as well. Maybe you yeah, can tell us. May, you, maybe. I haven't seen I haven't seen Byron or so. And right. of course, Charles is always helping us out. Thank you, Charles. 
Okay, let's. Uh, All right, let's go back to the. I article. can't believe I can't. We're, I, we are following Hugo Schweitzer's hoofprints. Mm-hmm. Wow. We're standing so, you know, in the footprints of creeps. Yeah, <laughs> just so you know, when Hugo Schweitzer talks about dehumanization and objectification of women, he's talking about himself. I didn't realize that this was Hugo Schweitzer. I'm not surprised why the guy scrubbed his name because nobody wants to really. Wait a second. This says it's by Marwin Jamal. Right. I, I, I said that name. I, I said that name uh, at the beginning. But apparently what Marwin Jamal did was uh, copy and paste it in here. So isn't that. Um, what do you Copyright call it? infringement? Well, I was going to say something else. But it's like that. He's basically stealing all of this guy's writings and then like cop- copy pasting it into another blog and taking credit for it. Which yeah, is, but, like, which is cannot, a, a, a weird flex considering he's doing this too, but... <laughs> yeah, this is... Like, this cannot be overstated. This is the writing of a man who did himself objectify. Like, he uh, abused his position of power to have sex with women. And I think he also attempted to do a murder-suicide once. Uh, at least he confessed to it. I don't know if he was charged for it. Um, this is one screwed-up dude. And when he talks about men in general being responsible for dehumanization and objectification for women, he means himself. Except yeah. he doesn't have to take responsibility. Patriarchy can. And then he can make these boys feel guilty for the shit he does. Because he doesn't mm-hmm. want to... Oh, no wonder, no wonder this, this was so, like, this guy's a bully. This is so mm-hmm. dismissive. This is so narcissistic in its nature. Like, he's, he's basically bullying these kids into feeling guilty and then blaming them for feeling guilty, even though he says feeling guilty is good. That's because not, Hugo Schweitzer, I'm pretty sure, is a narcissist. <sighs> yeah. Uh, I, the I, word I was looking for... Yeah, the word I was looking for was plagiarism. Um, I, I don't know if this counts as that, but it would seem to me that if I was like copy pasting somebody else's work from a few years before, uh, I would have given credit to the person who wrote it. But I think you're right. I think the reason why he didn't is because it's Hugo Schweitzer. So, mm-hmm, because they don't want to bring that in. And thank you, Charles, for finding this for us because that's yeah, a really thank critical. You, Charles. That is, Hugo that is, Schweitzer uh, is not a stable man, and he projects his own problems men. Oh. And I can't believe he was given a pulpit to bully young men into assuming the guilt. Like, is there some kind of? There must be some kind of weird Munchens, Munchausen system system uh, syndrome by proxy going on here, because he's making these young men feel the guilt that he should feel for his own actions. I wonder if he. he I wonder if he did that to the guy who copypasted his piece when that guy went to college and turned him into a full convert. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But this is some serious bullying and gaslighting. Yeah. Wow. It's like, it's like okay. the org. Okay, so <laughs> uh, in a world where – I, I didn't finish that. Did I finish this paragraph? Uh, men are simple, women are complicated. Oh yeah, pop culture. Reassured by evolutionary psychologists that they are hardwired to be violent and unfaithful. Again, it's a lie. 
Uh, taught by coaches and peers that manhood is defined by athletic prowess, sexual conquest, and heaps of cash. It's little wonder that so many gentle, kind, sensitive young men end up feeling deeply unhappy about their own masculinity. Okay. Who is it that asserts that traditional masculinity exists? Like, Karen brings this up a lot. There was a whole range of traits traditionally associated with masculinity in the gender norms, conformity to gender norms. Get a little closer to your mic, Alice. You're breaking up. A oh, okay. There is a whole set of traits associated with masculinity, traditional masculinity in the conformity to gender norms inventory, at least in the 70s. But then they started dropping all of the positive ones. So that the only thing that ended up by the 90s and 90s is negative, like, or maybe neutral. So the entire corpus of uh, conformity to traditional gender norms for masculinity became negative. And then they turn around, and th this was a feminist thing. This is, was the, this is what they did. They started with something that had positives, neutrals, and negatives. They got rid of all of the, the negative. Some of the neutrals left, or sorry, all of the positives, some of the neutrals left with the negatives, and then they project their own negative attitude towards masculinity onto everyone else. And the way that you can determine this, and this is a really th simple thought experiment, just go to a feminist who talks about toxic masculinity and say, what are the positive traits of masculinity? You will not get an answer. The only traits that they identify as masculine are negative. And then this guy turns around and says, everyone else is associating negative masculinity. Mm -hmm. Once again, he is projecting onto everyone else what he himself is doing. It's infuriating. Yep. Yep. Uh, okay. And like, hmm? Okay, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. I, I, oh, I, I was going to keep... I was going to keep reading, but if you oh, keep still reading, then. say something. Okay. So they feel ashamed of the ways in which they fall in short of the manly ideal, and they come in time to feel even more ashamed about pursuing that straight-jacketed ideal in the first place. So the only thing I wanted to say about this really quick is that um, most... Okay, first of all, he's intentionally exaggerating these toxically masculine traits intentionally so that he can more easily tear them down so he basically says um pop culture teaches that men are simple women are complicated well who runs pop culture women do why would they do that mm. well the feminists do let's put it that way feminism dominates well, popular now, culture. Have, it does it probably no i i think that it has for like since like the 1990s if not before mm. and even going if you you can go all the way back to the 40s and 50s and find girl power stuff it was probably less common, but it existed. So there was never a time in our popular culture or even just our culture in general where we um, treated women as anything less than equal, you know, participants. Um, but it's only just become more feminist over time. And I think it's, you know, probably since the 90s, it's basically become like ultra feminist. So if you have a problem with the way pop culture presents men then you're gonna have to blame feminism for that but of course you're not going to then they say um coaches and peers teach that manhood is defined by athletic prowess sexual conquest and heaps of cash uh the, again these are straw men like 
I think that anyone involved in fitness, so if you're a kid or a man and you're interested in athletics, guess what you're going to have to be in order to participate in games? Athletic. So that doesn't mean that, you know, it's like some, I don't know, he-man, macho, like, you know, no girls allowed bullshit. Um, it's just what is, like, what men are interested in. And sexual conquest well, I mean, men are kind of hardwired to, you know, be attracted to women. Why is that bad? Like, what's wrong with mm. that? And and then heaps of cash. So the next thing that you have to bring up is, well, why do men pursue cash? Is it for its own sake? No. <laughs> no. Why do men pursue sexual, like, they're, they're, you know, like, try to perfect their sexual prowess? Why do men get, you know, become, like... Uh, athletic or get involved in in action and things like that it's to attract women because it's what <laughs> women want and so and yeah. one, and these guys never say it they never say well this is what women are asking for and if you if you don't think that like you're probably going to say i know a woman who has a shut up if, if the average woman wants a man who has all of those things but when feminists talk about what women want all of a sudden it's all framed under like reasonable things like oh you know they're attracted to men that are you know high status that they're comfortable financially that they're you know they're on a mission whatever right they're in a good place but when they talk about the same thing with men it becomes this sort of you know dangerous predatory toxic set of traits yes i get men what you're are, saying yeah men are just responding to women that's all it is like that's it yeah Men are yeah, responding when they, when to what say, women, if women say they want like men who are willing to kill other men to protect them, men will become those men. That's mm -hmm. what happens. That's what happens in the hood. For example, if a woman says, I want a man that's going to kill any, all of my enemies, a man's going to be like, well, I want that woman. So I guess I'm going to start killing my enemies or killing her enemies. That's what happens because men yep. do what women say they want from men. Well, so. yeah, in many cases. And I actually, that's a really good pull out again. When what? they're talking about when feminists, and it's always feminists, mm -hmm. are talking about what women want, suddenly it becomes, oh, he's financially stable. Uh, he, has a, he has a direction in his life. He brings something to the table. He takes he's, care of himself. He takes care of himself. You yeah. know, and, but when we talk about men living up to those standards suddenly it becomes ah he's he's totally focused on athletic competition like uh you know to the exclusion of of good sportsmanship yeah you know he's yeah. he's focused on sexual con conquest which could otherwise be worded as pleasing sexually pleasing women um and getting their consent and he's focused on getting heaps of cash so it all sort of much more crude version yeah exactly and all it is is men living up to Women want, and it is impossible to get away from the fact that what women want a financially stable man who's who's fit and healthy and uh, you know and has something going on. Yeah, um, exactly. One would hope that men also would want women, but they they are more likely to lower their their standards in terms of financial stability, even even character, which is really unfortunate. It's true. You know, it is in, unfortunate. In, and and uh, you know men are much more willing to lower their standard. They they have lower expectations, which I honestly I think it's unfortunate. And you can you there's no way to deny that because the people the women in this forum of female dating strategies 
actually get partners and their strategy is to be the biggest possible losers in human history and have the man accommodate or or compensate for everything that they can't do for themselves like mm-hmm. they, they, that that is their strategy and they still get partners their strategy is literally i am going to be utterly worthless as being and a man is going to come around and all of his worth is he's going to give it to me you know yep. Yep. He, he's he's going to essentially prop me up like a goddamn exoskeleton and it you know some of them have partners yep. which only goes to show and at the same time as these partners that they want who are going to basically accommodate all of their loserness um are going to be high value men so simultaneously they're high value men but they have the ability to demand anything from their female partners it, it's it's the strangest thing, and yet some of them have got a man. So it just goes to show, even a man who's supposedly high value can have absolutely no sense of him of having any value whatsoever and demand nothing, nothing from the woman in his life. And yep. I, what can you say? Women demand more. Women demand men be stronger. They demand men be more aggressive. They demand men go out and get the money. They demand men take risks. And I've seen this. Like, like I, I remember I was actually sort of stunned. I had a feminist friend way back when who asked me why I was with Jonathan when he didn't have a car. I'm like, what? That seems really trivial. And yeah. she, but she was 100% man has to be financially, you know, has to be able to, you know, take care of me, essentially. And this was a feminist, you know? And I've seen this over and over with women. Women expect that. Women expect more from men. Men yes, expect do. less from women. And then we call that toxic masculinity. Men to the expectations of women. Yep. I mean, at least this guy is. But you know what? Hugo Schweitzer is a lunatic, too. Like, I, I don't I, I might get sued. Um, <laughs> he is... He is, he presents as very, as not very sane. I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I was joking. I don't think, <laughs> I, th- I think Hugo, Sch- Hugo Schweitzer is now, what is he doing? I wonder. I have no, I have I mean, no this, idea. This is such a blast from the past because he used to be such a. Such a what? Well, he used to be such a, you know, like he was, con- we were constantly going back and forth about things and i'm pretty yeah. sure i got into arguments with him Bam! way back then. yeah ah. <laughs> oh, he's, he's, oh goodness okay let's, let's keep going just a random soundbite it doesn't mean anything don't look too closely okay so where was i right so i wanted mm-hmm. to say something else about this toxic masculinity thing but um yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just it's just men doing. Well. Oh, uh, and then they they mention uh, many gentle, kind, sensitive young men, right? Mm-hmm. Feeling d- deeply unhappy about their own masculinity. Um, I think. Wait, it's- wait, wait, wait a second! Wait, 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 wait! Yeah. wait. Uh, gentle, kind. You mean the kind that are coming to you and yeah, and they're expressing like, concerns and. Or, like, I feel really bad. You know, what you're doing to me is making me feel bad. Well, suck it up, Buttercup. Why yeah. do why do sensitive young men feel marginalized? 
Yeah. This is, this is again, he slaps them in their face and then uh, blames patriarchy for them bleeding. I, I think oh. I, I think that just to protect themselves, if there are any kind, sensitive young men, first of all, get away from. Fir, first of all, like these these other men, the toxic men, or what this guy's calling toxic men, can also be kind and sensitive and gentle. So that's the first yes. thing. You're not you're not unique. Um, mm -hmm. because you're extremely passive or you don't, you have trouble speaking up or whatever, but you're going to have to learn because this world does not care that if you're a man who is kind and sensitive and gentle, they just don't. So, you know, use the, those traits are good traits, but they, but not everyone deserves them. So you basically give it to the people who are deserving of that kind of treatment. And uh, also remember that these kind, sensitive, and gentle young men are not, in general, being looked at or noticed by women. And okay, that, I and, found and, out what happened to Hugo. Okay, what happened? Okay, uh, I'm I'm not I am not going Schadenfreude for this. Okay. Okay. Diagnosed with borderline personality disorder and bipolar <laughs> disorder. I think he's a narcissist personally, but oh, okay. Whoa. We'll go with borderline. We'll go with border. I'm, I'm reading this article All right. from social Jewish news. Okay. Damn. Married father of two and self-described male feminist who has had multiple articles published in national publications, went off his medication and sent out of more than 100 tweets in the span of an hour. There he blurted out shocking confessions, including having sex with students and porn stars, calling himself a fraud when it came to teacher gender studies because his doctorate is in British medieval history and detailing his life of sexual promiscuity, substance abuse, and attempting to kill his then girlfriend and himself in 1998. Mm -hmm. The fallout was quick and epic. Two months later, he would be arrested, charged, and convicted of felony driving under the with special circumstances of causing injury to another person. Okay. All right. I take no joy in the fact that his life is... However, I just want to point out that this man should never have been in a position of articulating this stuff to men under his tutelage. Like, and and once again, he is projecting all of his own behavior, demons, to patriarchy and all men instead of taking personal responsibility. So in other words, in all of this, he's saying, I am inducing these young men to feel shame for having penises because I can't deal with the guilt of my own action. Okay? And this is, the, Hugo Schweitzer is the prime reason why I say that when men it, see something, and when the men say, oh, yeah, men do this awful thing, they're often talking about themselves, not other men. Mm -hmm. Okay. Eight years later, Schweitzer is now working at Trader Joe's. Ah! He's, been, <laughs> he's been with the company. Okay, don't. don't I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll take the I'll take any trouble that comes out of this if he comes. Come on now, is he a night shift okay. manager? Is he like a? <laughs> He's been with the company for four and a half years. Fresh oh. off his shift, the twenty-four old crabs a coffee from inside and pulls up a chair. Okay. 
I want to see. I want to see. I want to oh. see the redemption is arc he, here. Is he still spreading like the the uh, the same ideals though? Like if some I, some I dude find out. goes in and he like tries to get like some some whey protein and he's like, oh, that's toxic masculinity, my friend. I don't think you should get that brand. Okay, it's through eight um, years of reflection that have left him with a sense of calm. The only indication he may be nervous throughout our 90-minute conversation is the constant removal of the cardboard sleeve from his coffee cup, which he turns and turns again, sliding it in and out. Okay, whatever. <laughs> uh, we're here to Man, talk tra about redemption. Trader Joe's must be desperate for people. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay, Schweitzer recently posted on Facebook and he's been trying to reach out to those media outlets covered his downfall to ask them to take down those stories. If that was, oh, yes. You know what? I remember I did a challenge a decade and a half ago to Hugo Schweitzer or Ampersand, one or the other, to actually identify one law that, uh, that is unequal women. So in other words, that affords men better for men than women. They mm -hmm. never could. You know, just bring it right down to the legal aspects, like of inequality. Uh, his <laughs> okay, so he wants them to take down those articles that were written about him, about how he's no longer that person, about how he deserves a second chance. His motivation, his children, whom he will cite multiple times throughout the interview. Uh, Schweitzer has a 12-year-old daughter and a 9-year-old his first fourth ex-wife with whom he has joint custody. <sighs> Okay, I'm I'm pissed. He's got joint custody. Yeah, that's messed up. Well, yeah, you're welcome, Hugo Schweitzer. If you had your way, this would never. The impetus for speaking out now came from his daughter, who recently started Googling his name. Inevitably, she stumbled across what had been written about him. It was devastating for her, he says, adding to some of her school friends began teasing her. She asked, is there anything good written about you on the Internet? Dozens of well-meaning friends on his Facebook page praised his brave decision to try to have something good written about him, while others warned that to attempt to wade back into the media spotlight could backfire on offspring. No shit. Nevertheless, Schweitzer said the children's mother and his new say they have been together for four and a half years, will marry later this year, approved of his... So this is on his fifth marriage. Approved of his uh, decision and felt it was loser. right right when... I wonder. I wonder how. I wonder what which women are uh, are choosing to like still date him, considering that he, uh, you know, is much older kid. and works at Trader Joe's. But he's sensitive and kind and gentle, <sighs> according to himself. the reason why. <laughs> the reason why this is this is hard to maintain neutrality is because I uh, listening to this guy bully young men is actually extremely painful. And okay, let's see what he's what what he regrets. He regrets that his his children or his daughter saw this and has a negative effect on. But not. So he regrets getting he regrets, caught. I don't think he regrets anything that he said to young men. It's sort of frightening that he is a nine year old boy. I will not recite a formula of contrition, which I do not believe. I do not believe it would make a difference if I did. In the modern era, even I've wept and gnashed my teeth and made the sincerest apologies. No one would hire me to teach again. Okay. It's not about the right to be forgotten. It's the right to return to a status quo. The same right to rebuild your life that your parents would have been talking about 800 years ago. Couldn't. 
Well, now you can. Uh, but that raises the question, wouldn't it be better to just let his children gay and judge him on his current actions? <sighs> oh, God. I mean, you know, what's really annoying about this is that I have a whole bunch of media crap written about me, which are verifiable uh, statements. Just per they're just rippled through the media without any kind corroboration or anybody stopping and saying who well you know this media outlet is a partner of the corporation in question maybe we should take a closer look to what they're asserting no yeah. you know just just a whole bunch of crap written about me and i have to live with that and i didn't actually attempt a murder suicide or uh take advantage of pe young people under my care as a well, and you know, it's like the, it's a gray area because he's a post-secondary teacher, but I know he's a feminist who will say that that is sexual assault because of the power differential between him and his students. So you know, that's his principle, and he didn't live up to it. Mm -hmm. He said he signed a release for a psychiatrist to talk to her. She never even called. She wasn't interested in the piece of therapy. So essentially, he wants to get his past removed. Yeah. So then he can go right back into doing the same shit he was doing before. He has learned nothing. No, I don't think he wants to go back. He knows he's not going to get published. He just doesn't want to have to follow him. Yeah. Well, I guess there's that too. But I mean, when you when you run around with wolves. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. This is all just. So what acts of contrition does he believe he's formed that make him worthy of an honor that his children can be proud of? I can't believe this guy was put in charge of vulnerable young men and inflicting his bullying on them. Hmm. And I mean, sensitive young men. He, he said himself, they're feeling strikingly ashamed after he talks. To them. I mean, it, there has to be some word for this. Like this man is deeply, deeply, like he has his own for which came out and he has his own actions to feel guilt about instead of actually taking responsibility for that he projects it his his guilt into shaming young men into feeling shame for being men like oh uh, yeah all right let's, let's go back to the article i i, I didn't even I got, know that this was twice are yeah this changes everything it changes um, everything. Well, but we have some super chats. I'm going to read them because otherwise they're going to pile up. There's a bunch. So mm -hmm. uh, Amasang gives us five bucks and says, Tis, tis, Brian, you need to sound more dynamic whenever you start a sentence with, in a world where. Um, and then <laughs> in, a <Al> world. <laughs> in a world. Albatross gives yeah, us five dollars. Yeah, I can do the in a world guy. Um, Albatross gives us $5 and says five bucks. Cause I haven't donated in a while. Peace sign dove and heart. Thank you. Albatross. Albert Nada retro gives us $5 Canadian and says, just wanted to say hot that I'm doing my best to get people to boycott Thor love and thunder because of that scene with Zeus stripping him. Oh yeah. He, yeah. Uh, Albert Nada retro mentioned that, uh, Zeus actually sexually assaulted. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I, I know people had pushback about me saying that uh, uh, Chris Helmsworth is 
not a great actor. They they mentioned in a movie that he did apparently very well in. Well, if he is does have some acting chops, he's allowing himself to be typecast as party boy. So he might want to rein that in a bit. And it almost feels like his tenure on on Ghostbusters was like some kind of self-flagellation. Yeah, it was. Like, uh, you know, uh, men have objectified women throughout the centuries. Yeah. yeah. So, so they, I'm going to, I'm going to be, yeah. They reversed it, even though Janine on the original Ghostbusters was nothing was like not that. objectified. Not at all. Nothing like that at all. And that came out in the 80s when there was way more sexism. So Yeah, she um, actually seemed like one of the more level-headed characters. Yeah, she um, was like a normal New York like secretary that was kind of the idea yeah. so uh okay richard okay oh i'm not Continue. done yet richard bier gives us a dollar 99 and says f to pay respects to trader joe's well maybe it was a maybe it's just a franchise i find that fucking funny man i can't wait to tell like other people about that it's so funny to me uh, Albert Nader Retro gives us $5 Canadian and says, I've been asked to do an opinion piece on why I'm boycotting the Thor movie. Any chance HBR would do a show on mocking male victims in pop culture? I, I mean, yeah, maybe. If we have enough stuff to draw from. I was going to boycott it anyway, so I don't really need, like, you know, if that scene was never shown, it wouldn't matter because I boycotted Disney and, 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 um, abc and all of those companies like years ago so i was done for a while so yeah i mean i'm glad that you have finally decided to do that um but yeah welcome to the party and then uh richard beer gives us a dollar a dollar 99 and says trader joe's doesn't deserve this uh well (laughs) (laughs) okay oh man this is like the best thing i've heard in in well, since Roe v. Wade. So anyway, <laughs> so in about two days. Oh, um, oh. Here's, here's the thing. Because I would be living, this is, this is quoting Hugo Schweitzer, because I would be living the lie on the inside. Two movement yeah. happened in 2017. I realized that as a white man in his 50s, with my track record, there is not any hiring committee that would offer me a job because of colossal liability. We are in liability of verse age with good reason. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's what's important there, Hugo. Um, <laughs> I just, uh, you know, it is actually really astounding feminist men that I have engaged in on Twitter that have imploded or yeah. exploded. Yeah. In ter- some, some far more terrifyingly, or at least one far more terrifying. Okay. Yeah. All right. Do you have any thank yous to give out? Let me uh, see if there's any, any, any... And I will also remind everyone that we are are doing our monthly fundraiser. Uh, it looks like no more thank yous, but um, we have, let's see, just counting here, we have about 2,060 left. It'd be great if we could get that down below 2,000 within this particular, within this stream. So please go and put in $5 if I think, let's see, six of you, no, wait, 60. Uh, $5, 12 of you put in five below that, um, into the, uh, 1000 something range. And that would be cool. So please go to feed the badger.com slash project slash badger dash media dash blitz. Thank you to everybody who has supported so far because it is, this is sort of a stressful time. The end of the month for me, 
Uh, I think it's really critical and important to do it, but it's still quite a stressful thing to process to go through. So it really takes a weight off my mind if you do help out. And again, every five bucks is the last five bucks that gets over the top. Um, so please do that. Feedthebadger.com slash project slash badger dash media dash blitz. And back to you, Brian. Let's let's All get right. through this. All right. So uh, back the to back the to article. Are really through a, a yeah, I know. It made, it made this a little, like 20 minutes longer. Um, yeah. All right. So they feel ashamed of the ways in which they've fallen short of the manly ideal. Again, that's all made up bullshit. And they come in time to feel even more ashamed about pursuing that straitjacketed ideal in the first place. In my men and masculinities classes, I sometimes assign Chuck Palin... Paola Nuix, whatever, I'm not going to bother trying to pronounce him that right. Wonderful Fight Club. Anyone who read the book or saw the Edward Norton Brad Pitt film adaptation remembers the iconic line, the first rule of Fight Club is you don't talk about Fight Club. But Fight Club is a proxy for all the toxic rules of hyper-masculine American culture. All right, real quick thing oh. about Fight Club. I just want to put it out there. Um, if you want to see a really good analysis of Fight Club, Go to An Ear for Men or Paul Elam's YouTube channel. I don't know what it's called right now. I think it's just called Paul Elam. But look him up. Um, it might be An Ear for Men. And he did a video on Fight Club explaining how gynocentric and not about masculinity it is. It's not red-pilled. It's not based. It's none of those mm. things. So go check it out. It's, you know, um, on Paul's channel. Uh, it's probably mm. the more honest analysis of the film, if you ask me, than whatever this guy is going to say. So, mm. um, yeah. All right. Should, do you want to say anything about Fight Club? Because that's ba he basically no, I has his. Wanted to... Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Well, I'm well, just saying okay. like, that's all that paragraph is, is I make them watch this and. And then he then he says it's funny because again it's one of these things that isn't like reflective of real life it's somebody wrote a book about men and they made a movie about it and i think that this is basically a documentary and you should watch this and we should talk about it oh look at that it just so happens to share the same ideology at its root that i do isn't that weird so all right here's what i here's my my analysis of this first of all the actual traditional gender role is to take responsibility for others. Everything else sort of falls out of uh, sexual conquest. What he means is being sexually appealing to women by pursuing them and, and getting their consent, so getting their sexual interest. Yep. That is taking responsibility for sexual activity. Athletic prowess, that's taking responsibility for the physical aspects of being human. And heaps of cash is taking financial responsibility. This is all about taking responsibility, being a person, a man capable of taking responsibility for the needs of others. And all that Schweitzer is doing is reselling this idea of taking responsibility, except now men are taking responsibility uh, for patriarchal crimes, essentially. Yep. It's just the same thing. Yep. You know, and I also, want to point out, I also want to point out, considering the ballad of Hugo Schweitzer, telling uh, a, a title like guilt is good, but responsibility is better. When the big thing that Schweitzer never could do is take responsibility for his own action. And instead he shamed young men as being somehow complicit for the things that he was doing. 
objectifying women, being potentially harmful towards them, etc. Uh, seeing women only in terms of their sexual, what he can get from them sexually, you know, that's really rich. And also, yeah. how many women is Hugo Schweitzer going to end up with? <sighs> like, how many women is he going to end up with and then end up being divorced? He's on his fifth now. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm, just, I'm just putting it out there. It's actually the an attempt. Wife. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So, anyway. uh, all right, back to this. The first rule of being a real man is not to question or even talk about the rules of manhood. The moment you question the man law, your man card gets pulled. What are you talking about? Well, anyway, so know. boys, like they, the men don't walk around policing other men on masculinity. They just don't. That doesn't happen. You know why? Because men don't think in a collective way. They're, they tend to be more individualistic. They tend to be disagreeable. You know, they tend to want I'm to hang not. out with dudes that aren't going to bring a bunch of fucking drama to the... To, you know, that's I'm, I'm just laughing. I, yeah. I'm just laughing slightly at the inherent contradicting of saying that men as a group tend to be individual. So I'm not, I'm not an individual. Okay, well, <laughs> sorry. But that's like, no, I, I mean... You know it's a Monty I mean. Python quote. It's a yeah, Monty yeah, Python. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I gotcha. I, just, I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So anyway, uh, yeah. So there's no, there are no men pulling each other's man cards. Not really. Not literally. Like men who are mm -hmm. friends with men, they will make a joke, you know, because if the other man says, "Oh, you know, I, I made a souffle the other night. Oh, well, I'm taking your man card. Har har har." <laughs> but like in reality, they're not like you're out, and we're not going to speak to you ever again. That's not how men work. Like what? So, like people. Well, uh, literally, this is how Hugo works. Yeah, I'm like sure that's how he, he is, works. Well, look, he's just said it. Yeah, you, you know. Young men come into his, his classroom and he says, this, this is the new crap that men, this is the new list that you have to take responsibility for, men. This is all the stuff that you have to suck up and man up. doesn't matter that it makes you feel bad. And in fact, if you don't suck it up and man up and take, take this set of responsibilities on... And you actually like, you know, I think this is ridiculous. If you push back at all, you are a bad man. You are wrong. You are, you are, you know, you're shirking. You're a coward. You're shirking your responsibilities. You're obtuse. And if you're a sensitive guy who's actually sort of suffering from them, well, you still got to suck it up. And it's like he's presenting this, this set of responsibilities that these young men have to assume at the cost of their emotional health. He doesn't care that this is a cost to their emotional health. They've just got to suck it up. Mm -hmm. And then and then he's turning around and saying, "Well, other men, if you don't if you aren't able to suck this stuff up, other men will take your man card away." What did he just do? If you if a man um is uh the more obtuse ones are snar snarling snarlingly defensive. The more sensitive ones are often strikingly guilt. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, neither of which, neither reaction of which is acceptable. Or yes. alternatively, you know, the sensitive ones, well, you just got to live with the guilt. Guilt is good. The ones who are snarling defensive, well, they're obviously bad men. 
what is what is what is that? But Hugo Schweitzer saying, "I'm taking away your man card if you don't live up to this standard of responsibility and self abnegation, self sacrifice of your own emotions as a man." Like again, he's projecting what he is doing. Yep. Okay. Of course. Okay. Stop squirreling. So where was I? Um, the first rule of being a real man is not to question or even talk about rules of manhood, right? Uh, so boys learn to stuff their emotions, medicating their pain with pot, escaping into the ironically named Call of Duty, or for the athletically gifted, knocking each other down on the football field. Why is Again, it ironically all, named Call of Duty? Because he thinks that they're they're shirking their duty. It's comp. It's it's. Maybe, but like I, I think it's like, um, yeah, that's probably what it is. They're not doing what he thinks they yeah. should. Essentially, things that men like are just bad because men like them, you know. Mm. No, and by the way, uh, women smoke pot too. Are they also medicating their pain? So, it, it's in gender studies courses and on sites like the Good Men Project. <laughs> that these rules of manhood get exposed and challenged. It's in places like this that we delineate the harm or delineate the harm that an inflexible masculine culture does to women and to the many men. Well, you mean like they, they have sex with them and the women enjoy it and sometimes they get married? Is that what you're talking about? Because like that's you what did, he women, like Like women cannot possibly simply be damaged by men wanting to fuck them if they don't say yes. I would like you to fuck me like that. That's no, literally like what happens. That's what. Yeah, I'm if saying not, consensually. Yeah, if it's not if it's consensual, if this isn't rape, which we're not talking about, then yes. Yeah, what? we're not talking about rape because that's not sex. So we're, you're, you're yeah. basically saying men are doing things to attract women so they can have sex with them. And women are saying yes. And something is wrong with that. <laughs> well, they're not saying yes to you, though. He's like the guy in the, you know, the meme where there's a guy standing in the corner in a, at a party and like he's watching everyone else. The, this guy's like, they don't know that they're actually all raping each other and this is really bad. Like, you know, because I can't participate. It's really, so, really hilarious. Yeah. He's on Wife 5. <laughs> Could save some for the other men there. Yeah, right. Save some for the rest of us, pimp. Um, okay. Anyway. All right. All right. Uh, so where was I um, when oh it's in places like this that we delineate the harm that inflexible masculine culture does to women and to the many men who fall short of its ideals when we name the problem for what it is the feelings often come rushing to the surface and without any alternative roadmap for how to live successfully in a male body many young men become angry depressed confused and ashamed it's little wonder that some end up blaming the messenger how did we get to blaming the mess? Okay, so we he started the, with so messenger. He's, just, he's the messenger. Yeah, he's the messenger. We, he's the arbiter of truth. Don't get mad at him. He's just telling you what is. He's telling you how it is. Okay, so we started with these young men coming to him feeling guilt, which probably is really shame. Uh, and he's he's saying to them, "No, it's not me." Even though you are feeling shame, as you know in proximity to what I'm teaching you. And I admit that this is something that I think is good because you should take responsibility for patriarchal crimes or whatever. You know, the fact that you are feeling shame in proximity to my teachings is not to do with me. It's because you don't have a loving male role model. 
And yeah. also, you're blaming the messenger. This yeah. guy, I can't believe this. This he 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 discredits the entire academic industry by his existence. <laughs> do 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 we, all of you college deans know this? This man discredits all of you. Oh no no well, no, no no! He's just doing Every what they do. He's just Every doing what they one. do. Yep. This is this guy is not an outlier. He is the norm. Well, at least when it comes to humanities. All right, let's. Yeah, that's <laughs> which what I'm has no at. humanity in it. No. Okay. All right. So, uh, it's not your guilt I want; it's your responsibility. I often quote that line. No, no, you from missed that. You missed. Oh no. No, I, I read that. No, uh, no, you oh, see, there's nothing. Oh, oh, either, wait. There's yeah, nothing either yeah. guilty or shameful about living in a male body. There is nothing wrong with wanting sex with women, liking football, or enjoying beer. There is something wrong with deriving one's self-worth from how many women one takes to bed, like you, or how well <laughs> one plays football, or how much well, beer one can drink. And there is something very wrong, something worth feeling guilt over, about promoting that narrow definition of masculinity to other men. This is like really, really sinister shit. And also really shallow at the same time. Like if, yeah. if somebody takes pride in playing football, who cares? Someone takes pride in how much beer they can drink. Who cares? Like some, yeah. Like if that's what someone is good at and something that they feel strongly about, why would we stand in the way of what they want? Like it's not many men who, who who think that it's how they play football and how they drink beer that makes them a man. I would say that the great, the vastly greater number of men think what makes them a man is man is how well they can treat the woman in their life. Like yep. no 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 offense like like this is this is something that you know seems to be very common among is that they take pride in being able to be responsible for the needs of their female partner and mm. that far more defines what they think is manhood than drinking beer and having and engaging in football and exactly. it's it's. I, and I know I'm talking a lot about normie men. But I think that's true about even men, and I shouldn't even say even men, but men in in who are having relationships with women who are, you know, up up with uh, male issues. You know, mm -hmm. even they take pride in taking care of their women. You know, this is this is this is this is more defining of manhood than anything on this list. And. Yep. I don't know. Like it's yep. okay. All right. Uh, let's see. So, so did I read that paragraph? I read yes, I did. Um, and there is something very wrong, something worth feeling guilt over about promoting that narrow definition of masculinity to other men. It's not your guilt. I want it's your responsibility. I often quote that line from Arthur Miller's incident at yes. Vichy to my students who complain of feeling male guilt. I try to always say it with a smile to soften what would otherwise come across as unsympathetic hectoring. I'm not so old I've forgotten what it's like to be a young man overwhelmed by a troubled conscience, unsure of the degree of my own collaboration in the great crime. Shame is useless, I remind them, but in the end, guilt is only a little less so. Analysis paralysis doesn't change the world. What changes the world is accepting responsibility. Responsibility... Okay. Okay, go ahead. Once again, this is Hugo Schweitzer. Hmm. Okay? 
who had sex with his female who apparently almost did a murder-suicide, who has some seriously shady crap in his past, that he... Uh, nowhere in the article that I read, maybe, maybe I missed it, did he say, I'm sorry to the women that I might have harmed. I, I'm sorry to, the, to this, the female students that I seduced as a professor. If I kind of trauma. I'm sorry to my partner I almost killed. Nowhere does he say that. Nowhere does he take responsibility for his actions. And yet he has the gall to turn around and lecture young men on taking responsibility for the actions of men that they are not. Okay, for actions of other men, mythical actions of other men in his, his conjecture of patriarchy. Mm-hmm. There, there has to be some kind of word for this. This kind of malevolence <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay it's, keep going it is okay <sighs> response you know it's funny it, it always comes back to the same shit that men have always been asked for is which is responsibility to be responsible, to be responsible. Yeah. women i don't see anything in here on that i wonder why we're experiencing so much turmoil and so much violence and so much upheaval for like the past 50 60 years i wonder if that's got anything to do with women that have been treated like children for like a couple of generations and now they're just like a child in the aisles of the supermarket throwing a tantrum because their their mom would not buy them that candy that they really wanted. I wonder why that's happening. I wonder why women are absolute cunts right now. Well, um, not all women. That's a, yeah, I know. Not, I, I'm <laughs> What I want to say is that um I I wouldn't say necessarily I would say incredibly self-feeding. Yeah, sure. And and I like and I always come from this angle too. Part of a person's full humanity is the responsibility they have to take on for society. And Agreed. if we don't rec- if we do not recognize the responsibilities that women have to society and their fellow men we don't recognize their full humanity and it's really hard in the absence of those consequences for women to know how to treat other people mm-hmm. and um, i think that's what we're seeing now in terms of hugo schweitzer like bringing it back to him he still makes men responsible and yet he takes no responsibility for his own actions and like I said, there has to be a word for somebody who refuses to take responsibility and yet projects immense amount of responsibility onto other men. Child? Like we're, we're talking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a little, a, yeah. Like a five-year-old girl? I mean, that's like the only thing where I could understand that, you know, a, a five-year-old okay. girl uh, is relatively helpless. And so, you know, she gets what she needs by... Um, asking for it which is basically her saying i need mommy or daddy to take responsibility and you know for me because it's only about her and i mean why Mm -hmm. not like children are you know to a degree they're narcissists but but that serves them because we we have to take care of them okay five-year-old girls seem to have a greater tendency i remember watching this in uh two-year-old five no 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 listen listen just let me finish I remember watching this strange interaction in a 
in an airport in the UK where this girl absolutely insisted that she get to have her younger brother's suitcase for uh, apparently no reason than she wanted it. And they went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And they eventually just gave in to him. For what reason? I don't know. Like, does he not get to have his own suitcase? She just gets it because she wants it. And I find that young girls don't, aren't expected to mediate their emotions. I mean, so her, his, her, his, her brother, she's a five-year-old girl. Her brother was like three years old. And he was expected to suck it up. Whereas yeah, she wasn't expected to suck up the fact that she wanted it in the first place. And I've seen this quite a bit with, with girls and boys. Girls are not expected to suck up their emotions to the same degree. When their emotions are in conflict, another individual happens to a man. Boy, girls are not you know, told, you got to keep your hands to yourself. Don't punch people, hit people. That's wrong. But boys are taught, don't hit girls, that's wrong. So mm-hmm. boys from a very young age are taught that they have to accommodate the emotional reality of women. If, it's, if your sister wants your bag, she gets it. Now, this isn't the case for all families. Like There are families where the boy is the golden child, and he can do no wrong. No, don't get me wrong, that happens too. But I haven't seen that in public. This I've seen in public quite a bit. You know, so it's yep. it's a behavior that seems to be prevalent, and also something that parents are us to indulge in public. And it's like the girl is the tyrant of the house. Um, she gets what she wants, probably because if she doesn't, then she throws a tantrum, and everybody feels like they have to accommodate that because embarrassing or something. I don't know. Or they feel guilty. Yeah, guilty. <laughs> they feel like they're responsible. I mean, okay. yeah, sure. All right. The almost... next, the next, the next one. Responsibility. Okay. Yeah. Continue. Responsibility means giving up the excuse of biology or culture to explain behavior that hurts, demeans, or exploits others. You mean women, asshole? Taking responsibility mm-hmm. means forgoing the temptation to explain away your bad behavior with appeals to evolutionary psychology, testosterone, or our Y chromosome. Nobody ever does that, but whatever. It means whoa, recovery. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, 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 wait. How about the temptation to explain away your bad behavior by excusing it on patriarchy? Well, <laughs> because to them, patriarchy is more real than biology, so... Yeah, but but that's what he did. like seriously. I know, I know. Hugo Schweitzer is responsible for Hugo Schweitzer's actions, and yet Hugo Schweitzer constantly talks about the great crime of patriarchy, in which men somehow share in her in his actions, and he takes them not because of his own personal individual moral failings, but because of influence by other men. You Mm -hmm. see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It is a total deflection of personal agency when it comes to men. Of course, you know. I know there are some feminist men who are feminists because they just want to take care of women. And this is what they think is their new way of taking care of women and taking responsibility for women's needs. Ironic that that is just another iteration of traditional gender roles. But, you know, let's leave that that as it is. Then there are men like Hugo Schweitzer who seem to be drawn to this because it allows them to deflect 
individual responsibility for their shitty actions onto all men. So it's not me. It's not my personal. I am just giving into the pressures of patriarchy. Yeah. And also, because I admit that I am part of the patriarchal problem and that there's male privilege and toxic masculinity, I'm so much morally better than I <laughs> Yeah, basically. Uh, it means recovering the capacity for self-reflection, empathy, and articulate self-expression that we suppressed as boys in order to fit in with the other guys. It means talking about the things we were warned not to talk about. By who? If we're not willing to do that work because we think it's too difficult or not worth doing, then we're shirking the charge to grow up and become fully human. And if we evade that responsibility, then guilt is exactly what we should feel. All right. Uh, evade that responsibility. Okay. All right. All right. Just, just give me a second. Yeah. Uh, responsibility means giving up the excuse of biology or culture to explain behavior that hurts or demeans or exploits women. Okay. Yes, but what does patriarchy theory do? It sa or patriarchy conjecture. It says that men are taught toxic masculinity, which is exploiting women, instead of it being a personal moral failing. It's like writers like this seem to exist in a universe where society is okay with women or men being assholes women. society is not okay with that and when men are criminal towards women society goes so far as to do things like arrest them charge them with crimes and put them in jail okay so there's no culture that's excusing men acting beastly towards women and there's no cultural excuse for it unless you're talking about consensual promiscuous sex which you know uh pot kettle black hugo schweitzer um and the excuse of biology isn't for men's criminal nasty behavior for women it's for things like men being more likely to be north atlantic lobster fisher fishers and uh and work in the sewers and all soldiers and all presidents because they have a higher risk tolerance than women all of those behaviors, all of those endeavors are risky. Okay. That that's 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 where biology is used. Nobody says, well, men are just biologically inclined to rape and beat women. Therefore it's it's okay. Nobody says that. Nobody. No. Nobody. nobody. Sorry, am I being too loud? I, I apologize. No, it's okay. Nobody says that. Um you guys are the ones who say that people in the greater culture say that. So no one's making these excuses. The only excuse that exists for men's bad behavior that doesn't center, doesn't center their bad behavior on their individual choices and hold them responsible is feminism itself with its patriarchy conjecture and essentially saying that men are taught by other men to engage in these bad behaviors. Therefore, they're not individually responsible do you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, this is the only excuse here. And ironically, patriarchy conjecture excuses both male abusers and female abusers. Because female abusers are, have internalized misogyny and male abusers are, being, are so because of toxic masculinity taught to them by other men. 
It's, it's, it's providing cover for both male and female abusers. Yep. Oh. All right. All right. So I got some super chats. Uh, let me see. If yeah, we got, super we got some stuff too. I don't think we got uh, any. I super do have a. I do have one super chow. Uh, so cool. let Lee, let me start with the super chow. The P. Well, you know what? People might try to add some. I'll do that afterwards. Uh, if you send a super chow once the show has ended, I'm not going to read it in the patron show. I'm just going to read it on the next the next time we do a show. So okay. try to get them in before they end because, I mean, do you, don't you want everyone to hear it? So, um, <laughs> Your magnificent wisdoms? Well, whatever they're, they're, yeah, like your pearls of wisdom. Uh, okay, so Albert Data Retro gives us $5 Canadian and says the sexual assault is Zeus forcibly removing his attire without his consent, leaving him naked while his female companions sit there and ogle him. Yeah, that's called uh, that's that's just double standard done for humor. I don't know why this shocks anyone that they do this. So yeah, but why is Chris Helmsworth allowing this? Like, it's actually getting a little. I know there are people in the Discord who push back against me saying that he's a bad actor. This is getting sort of like if I can imagine this in my mind, I'll have to watch it to see it. This is getting sort of disturbing. It's exploitative. And I think he's allowing it's it. Yeah, yeah, he's allowing it. But I, I, I also don't think he's going to be. I'm, I'm, I don't think he's going to be in those movies anymore after this one. I think that this is just another one of those, you know, pass the torch. He's going to leave. Natalie Portman's going to take over, and that's going to be like where it goes because this. I mean, if you guys haven't noticed that this has been the pattern recurring all mm. over, all over Hollywood. Like this is a, they do it everywhere. So. Um, frankly, in my opinion, you should have stopped watching this shit like in 2018. I, that's what mm. I think. You should have stopped watching it back then and and just forget about it, right? They're going to do that partly because they don't care. Secondly, because they want to destroy it. And thirdly, because, um, you know, they're, they're not, they, they're, they hate you. They hate you. So don't give them your money. You shouldn't have been doing it for years now. So... Um, and of course they're going to do stuff like this. Of course. Because they don't care. All right. Um, Richard Beer gives us $1.99 and says, I doubt that anyone would want any of Hugo's exes. Yeah, well, they're probably all feminists. So. And then Richard Beer gives us another $1.99 and says, is Hugo trying to idealize the emasculated man? Uh, no, I don't think so. Because he never really says that, you know, behaving as... Uh, sensitive, caring, and whatever the other word was that he attempts to use to describe men that are better men. He never makes the case for what any of the rewards of that would be, partly because there really aren't, because if you're not, you know, if you're not just being yourself and you're not just happy in your own skin, you know, he would say that you have to change. So, Mm. you know, it's not really going to... Uh, bring you satisfaction because you have to pretend to be or you have to behave as this kind, sensitive, emasculated man that he thinks that, you know, those are non-toxic men. But the Mm. problem is, is that that means that there's a good number of men who are going to have to be someone other than themselves in order to satisfy the standards of this guy who never promised anything because it's all about responsibility, not necessarily like, you know, moving towards some goal. So 
He's not going to, and another reason why he's not going to idealize it is because women don't like it. And so, you know, when these men are like, well, I'd like to attract a, a good woman, they're trying to figure out what a good woman wants. And these feminists mm-hmm. are basically saying, well, you shouldn't be masculine. You shouldn't like have these traits because it, not because women like it or don't, not because women don't like it, but because it's dangerous to women. And so like the, the threat you is, is, you know what I'm saying? And yeah, the, so men, because they, they, they don't want to threaten women. Like I think that a woman who behaves as though a man scares her, you know, just based on his being a man, I think that really hurts men. I think that men mm-hmm. feel like they, you know, they feel terrible about it. So like if a woman gets creeped out, for example, by a guy or she claims to be creeped out by a guy, it usually really hurts that guy because that's not what he's trying to do. And so and yeah. the reason is because he wants her to be comfortable. So, mm-hmm. um, but what- Well, I mean, there's instincts, right? Yeah. Instincts men want to provide, uh, provide a comfortable space for women. It's part of their makeup. Yes. Um, and what this guy wants ahead. to do is make them awkward. Because if you're not acting natural and you're trying to be kind and, you know, sensitive and all this, I think that it go it does give women a red flag. And if they're feminist women, it doesn't matter what you do because they just fear mm. you, you know, or, or women who bought into the narrative. Like there's plenty of women who probably wouldn't call themselves feminists, but they still find like... 80% of men creepy. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so you're you're just going to have to learn to, you know, cope with that reality. But of course, this guy doesn't want that. So no, I don't think he's trying to idealize emasculated men. He simply wants men to behave a certain way. And it doesn't matter if they get anything out of it. It doesn't matter if they benefit. It doesn't matter if it, you know, improves their relationships with women. It probably won't. And it certainly won't improve their relationship with themselves. It's kind of like, in a way, you could say it's the flip side of the PUA argument where, you know, PUA say, okay, men, you basically have to change everything you are to attract women. And here's how you're supposed to act. And here's what you're supposed to say. And here's what you're supposed to do. And the problem with that is all those men lose themselves in that behavior and they stop essentially like being who they are. And it Mm -hmm. doesn't bring them happiness. And it doesn't even work that well on women all the time. So what have they really done other than erase mm-hmm. their own identity in pursuit of sex from women? And this guy is basically doing the same thing, except this is less effective. <laughs> so, you know, it's even worse because at least a PUA might get laid once in a while, you know, um, but this mm-hmm. th- but like this isn't going to work for men. And the only the only real thing that I think men are looking for is their place. You know, they want a purpose. They want a mission. And ultimately, they want to essentially like engage in the human uh, behavior of producing legacy and living forever in, in the sense that, you know, they find a good, honorable woman, they pair with her, maybe they get married, whatever, and they have, they start a family. That's like what the overwhelming majority of men want. And, and all, and that's, that's it. That's not toxically masculine. That doesn't objectify anyone. It's none of those things. So, and they probably want good relationships with their community, with other men, you know, with their wife, with themselves, which whatever. Is, which is, you know, I find it, I just cued into something you said. Um, Hugo Schweitzer essentially wants to make men unattractive to women. Yeah. 
Um, and I'm not saying that sen- sensitive men can't women, but in like, yeah, he's he's in, no, uh, he's, he's creating this kind of insecurity and guilt and nervousness yeah. and all that kind yeah. of thing. That's definitely yeah. going to make uh, a man who already sort of has a problem with that even more creepy. No, fr- no offense. Yeah, um, and, and you know, if men get frustrated because of with women, for example, if there's a man and he's worked really hard to be thoughtful and sensitive and emotionally vulnerable. And he did this under the pretense that women will, you know, like he has a, uh, a better chance of forming positive relationships with women, whether they're romantic or not. And it doesn't work. And they do all this, you know, work to like try to become the, the man that women and feminists like the guy who wrote this article insist that men do. If it doesn't work for them, they're going to get angry. Like that's how you get mm. like that that male feminist that lashes out at feminist women because he thinks oh, I did all the things I was supposed to do and nothing is working what mm-hmm. the fuck right and so like if you if, if those men were simply encouraged to be their own people and find their own way and not worry about all this rhetoric about toxic masculinity, they'd probably not only be more successful with women, but maybe more importantly, they'd be they'd have more uh, male friendships and they'd be more successful with mm-hmm. men. Because another mm-hmm. thing that this toxic masculinity bullshit does is it sets men against men, right? Mm-hmm. There's like the toxically masculine guy that well, likes it's football. A competition. Yeah, it's another competition over who can take the greatest amount of responsibility for the emotional comfort of women. I actually said mm-hmm. that to that guy. You remember, you remember the guy we, we interviewed in, in, in London? Oh, Eric Anderson. Yeah, Eric, Eric Anderson. Anderson. Yeah. I said that to him. I said that this is just another iteration of men taking responsibility for women, except this time it's for this, I guess, women's self-actualization. Um, and, yep. you know, men can't take responsibility for that. I'm sorry. Men can't reach into women's brains and turn on the self-actualization switch. Only women can do that. And... Like this is just another iteration of men taking responsibility for women's needs, which is something that men have always done, you know, and always will do. Yep. And um, yeah, and it just like it occurred to me that he, what Hugo Schweitzer is doing is she's making men less attractive, trying to make men less attractive to women, and a lot of this feminist stuff just makes men less attractive to women. And it's yep. like, are you in a, are you in a war on women finding men attractive? Like they're in a war on men, women being able to, excuse me, consent to sex with men because they keep narrowing the window of what's acceptable. I mean, pretty soon women will have to get lawyers signed stuff in triplicate and then do some kind of circus act and interpretive dance and, uh, and um, have to, you know, chain him to a bed and do everything in order to prove their consent to sex no starfish is allowed anymore mm-hmm. you know and it's like i mean how much how many hoops do feminists want women to have to jump through to actually be able to consent to sex how many hoops how much more ob- obstacles do they want to put in the way of women being able to consent to sex because that's what they're doing <laughs> if you turn it around yeah. that's what they're doing they're like on a war on women's women finding men desirable and women consenting to sex, which, if you think about it, is very Puritan. Yep. It's very much in line with this idea that male sexuality is the vector of sin into human society. 
which is itself an older trope that um that that feminists are building on so it's like you you guys are not doing anything new men have always taken responsibility for women's needs uh there's always been this trope that male sexuality is something that women shouldn't find desirable if they do they're pick me's and sluts and jezebels and the whore of babylon you know god forbid a woman actually find a man desirable uh or want to consent to have sex with him those are horrible acts, and they are in. They're like the. They're like the the blue stockings. I think it was the blue stockings going into the speakeasy and like taking an axe to the to the the barrels of rum because you know nobody should have fun. That's what modern feminists are. They're like, yeah, women shouldn't have men shouldn't be desirable to women. Women shouldn't desire men, and women shouldn't be able to consent to them. We're going to narrow that window as small as possible make it a sliver make it a tightrope act you know and it's 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 crazy because it's like this is not new this is not new and why can't we just have an easy relationship between the genders you know just something relaxed and not fraught yeah you know well yeah sure that would be nice it would be nice but I, i think that these people want men and women to hate each other and uh, mm-hmm. that, I mean, that's what I that's what it seems like they're doing, because no one who wants to solve a problem doesn't mm-hmm. try to learn as much about the problem as possible before opening their fucking mouth. But these people always do. Yeah. So, yeah, there was um, a there was an interaction I saw on Twitter where this woman who was really upset about Wade was talking about cutting off men's dicks and killing them. And and then a bunch of men were like, that seems rather harsh. And then she was like, I can't believe I'm being subject to this, this harassment. I'm like, you did, you did just say you wanted to kill them. You know, <laughs> it's like, what do you expect? These are your actions. Those are their consequences. You know, and I, I, I just got on that because we were talking about women taking responsibility before and how that, that absence of the expectation that women take responsibility leads to a lot of cunty behavior. And I would say that was pretty cunty behavior. And then just to be like, I can't believe these men, they are upset with me. They are such misogynist, misogynist harassment. Like lady, you just, you just described wanting to castrate and kill men. Do you think that might, might have something to do with why they're irate with you? Yeah, right. <laughs> Did they haven't received a response yet. <laughs> oh man. Mm. Okay. Um okay. So you've got any more so, I have some I, thanks to give. I, I just have a super chow and that's it. So All go right. ahead. Go ahead. No, you do that thank yous first. Okay. All right. Uh I was also looking at suggestions like uh Miss Anne of Arc has sent something through. Uh that is also gonna make me lose my mind. Thank you, Miss Ann. Uh, Cam D gives us $25. Thank you, Cam D. Thank you, Cam uh, D. I'll let- play a clip for that, I guess. Here, just a short one. Yeah. Gotcha. Am, I, am, I, am I too far from my mic, guys? I know I move a lot. I need to discipline myself for that, but I'm actually very squirrely. Okay, Felix, and I'll just say Felix gives us $5. Thank you, Felix. I think you're new. Welcome aboard, Felix. I hope you enjoy the the place where men shouldn't have to feel ashamed of being men. Oh man. Like that's the one thing that's going to cause, 
you know, men to be less attractive to women more than anything is to be ashamed of being a man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So Michael D gives us $50. Thank you, Michael. I think you might be new too. Ooh, I don't... That's pretty good. Let me see if I got yeah, something cool. for that. And we are over that little hump that I gave. So we're now in, uh, I think we, oh no, no, he, he has given before. So thank you again, Michael D. Uh, we are now at, do, 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 uh, what? 200, 200, uh, two, 2,270 out of 4,250. So we are now needing 1,920. No, no, 1,980. So thank you all today for getting us over that. Woo! Yep. So we did and, it? Well, we, we just got over that one hump. Yeah, we oh. haven't actually finished our. All right, all right. No, we got we still got about nineteen hundred and eighty left. All but right. thank you to everyone who helped out today. It's been great. Um and if you are listening to this after we are off air, feedthebadger.com slash project slash badger dash media dash blitz. We have uh one and a half days left. So please do put something in the hat so that we can get get uh uh Brian and Hannah uh funded for the month and whenever Prim back comes back we'll be doing that as well. All right. Yep. Oh, yeah. She 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 uh, messaged me. Apparently, you lose your marbles again. Apparently, this is another one just like this article. Well, thank you. Thank you for sending me something that is going to cause me physical pain. I love it. <laughs> All right. All right. I got a uh, super. No, no. Oh, okay. okay go go ahead. ahead. I have a super chow from the POC master for $10. And he says, Brian, I would really appreciate it when you begin your personal takes on a topic with... As a Latinx person, I feel, please, I need that. Yeah. <laughs> never, never, ever, never in a million years, not doing it. At least, like, not unless I'm just reading somebody else's message. I hate mm-hmm. that. I hate it with a burning passion. So, um, okay. All right. All right. Well, I'm done. Uh, uh, I've done I, my I think final. we're all done. So uh, I do have yep. something for the patron only show. So I thought we would like look at it. Um, mm-hmm. So I do have a patron show coming up right after this. And it's this from Quora, which is like a website where you can ask questions and people would come on and answer them. And I thought this mm-hmm. was too good not to pass up. Now, you know, this, a screenshot of the question was going around like the Internet, but I thought I would look it up. And the question is, this is sent by a mother, I think. My 13-year-old daughter is becoming a feminist, and I'm proud of her for it. She has begun telling us that she hates men, though. How do I explain to her that that's not what it's about? <laughs> so, we'll read the answers. No, it's not, it's not um, about hating men. It's just no. about blaming them for oppressing, human thro- or oppressing women throughout human history. Um, because apparently feminism taught men to care about women in the 1960s, you know, so prior to that, men were unbelievably horrible animals to women. They were oppressive in the same way that tribes are oppressive against another tribe. You know, it's just, you know, it's not about hating men. It's just about recognizing their innate sociopathy. Yeah. And the fact that they have perpetuated immense cruelties upon women. (sighs) 
So yeah. How do you think get, that that's going to translate into a, girl, a young girl's mind? It's unbelievable. Uh, there's no other way. That's the. But you know, like I said, uh, we'll take a look at um, what you know, um, what the answers were. What that has to offer? To get, well, like people are gonna try and answer the question that she's proposing. And I'm curious to see like what either their justifications are for, you know, a believing in mm -hmm. feminism and thinking that it's somehow not about hating men or how based they are. So depending on how they answer. <laughs> so, well, how, does, how, how is it that, you know, like you can, can, you can assert that men did not care about women. Like they, they actively oppressed and sought to harm women throughout human history and say, well, no, actually that's not. We just recognize that men are the most despicable creatures that ever existed, but we don't hate them. Yeah. Yeah, we just blame <laughs> that's them some for serious everything. So, you know, it's just, hmm. That's what I'm And also be doing everything that's good about men is the responsibility of feminists convincing men to care about women in the 60s. Yeah. We convince so, men to be human. Jeez. <laughs> so okay. that's what we're going to be talking about in the patron-only show. So if you want to join us, go to feedthebadger.com, uh, put some money in the hat, and you'll get a link uh, to join the Discord. Start up a subscription. Yeah, yeah, start up a subscription. There's... That's what I'm saying. So yep. you can give it different okay. levels, and you can like watch the additional content. So... Uh, all right. I guess that's it. So go ahead and give the spiel mm -hmm. and then I'll give the closing. All right. Like, I think I already did the spiel, but I can do it again. Uh, we are doing the monthly fundraiser. We do have quite a bit left to go when only a few days left or a day and a half left on it. So if you are able, please do help us out. I really is a weight off my mind to know that we can continue to do this work because it's really to have this voice, honestly, because we push back against this unending drumbeat of shaming men and making them take responsibility for things they never did one because they weren't there and two because they didn't happen in the way that these individuals want to pretend that they happened okay so once again that's feedthebadger.com slash project slash badger dash media dash blitz thank you for everyone who's helped us so far and i look forward to actually getting this done so back right. to you brian all right. Well, if you guys like this video, please smash the like button. Subscribe if you're not already subscribed. Hit the bell for notifications. Leave us a comment. Uh, and most importantly, please share this video wherever you are watching it. I should double check. Uh, I didn't miss anything on Rumble. So I am watching you guys on Rumble. Um, all right. So thank you guys so much for coming on today's episode of Maintaining Frame. And we will talk to you all in the next video. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.